0: Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Michelle Vrdesky, president of Marion University, as our guest. So now you've been at the institution (laughs) roughly 35 years, is that right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, roughly.
0: (laughs) And you've been president since 2020,
1: correct? Correct, correct.
0: Okay. So I know it's hard, probably, to narrow it down. But what are the biggest changes? Maybe one or two changes that you've seen with the institution
1: in the in the last thirty five years, or in the last two and a half years.
0: Hey, hey you take your pick.
1: <laughs> well, let me start with the big picture. Okay, uh, the last thirty five years, I started here as a faculty member, um, and and. Uh, served in a variety of, of roles and then retired in 2018 and rode off into the sunset. Uh, and then I came back three weeks after the pandemic shutdown. down. Uh, in some senses, the worst time to become a president and also the very best time. And over the course of those 35 years, uh, I think there have been a number of changes, certainly at Marion University um, but I think also associated with many other small private institutions uh, like like ours uh, one of the changes that i that I have seen is really the need to incorporate more of uh, career readiness and uh, what it is that we do for students. Uh, we're much more focused on looking at our programs, assessing our programs whether it's academic programs or co-curricular programs, um, being data driven and engaging, gathering data, making decisions based on data that 35 years ago, yes, there was a need for it, but I'm not sure that as many, at least smaller institutions embrace that. It takes resources to be able to gather that data, analyze that data, and then be able to use that data. And so I think that uh, that is one of the changes, um, or a couple of the changes that I've seen. Now, is there a lot of
0: confusion between um, Marion University, Indianapolis, and you all?
1: (laughs) Sometimes there is. Uh, I'll share a funny story with you, which I have shared with the president of Marion University, Dan Eisler, um, in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, We received a donation. Um, about probably two years ago, 24 months ago, and it was intended for the other Marion University. We could tell based on the location where the money was coming from. Um, and so I reached out to the donor and I said, oh my gosh, this is wonderful, but you have the wrong institution. We just want you to know. Um, and it's a, it's a very interesting story because the individual said, you know what? I want you to keep it and I will send another check to the other Marion University. Mm. So once in a while we get mixed up. Um, uh, We we identify ourselves as Marion University of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, Uh, but uh, we draw from a regional area uh, in terms of recruiting. Uh, Many of our students come from Wisconsin, Illinois, Uh, the UP of Michigan. Now we're recruiting also in the Southwest United States. Uh, But we don't recruit heavily, uh, certainly in Indiana. And uh, so I think most people know that we're two different institutions.
0: Now, how how big is your institution today? How many students do you
1: have? Uh, We typically have between 900 and 1,000 undergraduate students. And then we have somewhere, depending on During the pandemic, it has been less. Uh, You know, probably 300 students in our adult and graduate programs at any given time. Uh, About a 1,000 students is our capacity, really. We have about 50% of our students live on campus, uh, 50% commute, and our capacity on campus is 500 students. Mm -hmm. Uh, So undergraduate, we don't have a goal of becoming a massive online institution. We are focused on quality programs. Our traditional, our undergraduate program is predominantly face-to-face, but our adult uh, degree completion programs and graduate programs are online.
0: Now, do you worry about the the so-called cliff?
1: I don't know of one single president who doesn't. (laughs) You can find one. Let me know. I want to talk to them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I think you're spot on. Every president I've talked to, that is something that's front and center as far as a challenge that, that, um, that, they're, that they're dealing with. So, so how does Marion address that? Either protect themselves from that or, or ensure that sustainability is in place?
1: Great question. Uh, you know, when Nathan Grah's book first came out about the enrollment cliff, we, uh, uh, the cabinet and I uh, dug into it. And this was two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, really, that we said, oh, my gosh, we need to get prepared for this. Um, It's bad enough with the pandemic um, and enrollment challenges. But now there will be less high school students graduating uh, from high school and going on to college. So uh, we really have done a number. uh, We've got a number of different strategies. Obviously, we're focused on enrollment growth. So how do we attract new students who might not normally look at Nearing University and consider enrolling at our institution? Um, new programs. Uh, I have a, uh, a brand new program in construction management that is uh, the minor, uh, already started this semester. Uh, the major will be starting next year. Uh, I, uh, one of the things that I did when I stepped into this role Uh, as president, was to interview uh, CEOs and talent acquisition managers in the region. Uh, This included individuals all the way from Green Bay, which is about 70 miles north of us, uh, to the Milwaukee area, which is about 60 miles south, um, and asked two questions. One, What are your current educational needs as it relates to your employees at this point? And what do you see that you're going to need in the future, the next five to 10 years? And predicated on that, and we actually garnered really a lot of useful information in that process. Uh, We then looked at and and gathered some other research, uh, looking at what are the high market demands that relate to those. Uh, needs of our employers. Uh, Fond du Lac Marion University is is unique in that we're nestled right in the middle of multiple large construction companies, um, all the way from Green Bay down to Milwaukee. Uh, we are we have created one of the things that that we do that I like to do is to create an advisory board, comprised of professionals in those particular areas and they have helped guide us uh, in creating a brand new program in construction management. Uh, We did the same thing with an insurance and risk management. And we have a very, very savvy uh, group of professionals on that board. They help guide the the curriculum. Uh, One of the things that I've tried to do, and it relates to really trying to make sure that education is affordable. Uh, for students who come to Marion is identify scholarships and also paid internships. Paid internships are important for students. The beauty of construction management is that construction companies right now need individuals uh, who can eventually step into roles as project managers and eventually superintendents. So getting them involved their freshman year, getting them some experience, hands-on experience, and having them get paid for that helps to keep the cost of their education lower than if they didn't have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So those are two programs that, that we are launching. We have, uh, Marion is really known for our teacher education program. That's how we started 87 years ago. Um, and also our nursing program. Over the years, we've expanded into other areas of health care that demand is not going away. So we have nursing, we have uh, diagnostic sonography, we have radiologic technology. uh, We have a two-year degree completion program in dental hygiene for uh, individuals, dental hygienists who want to uh, also have opportunity to move into a different role, supervisory role, for example, within a dental clinic. So uh, we provide you know, uh, know, programs in healthcare, programs in teacher education. um, And then the other area that is really pretty large for us has to do with our business programs. So we are looking at adding three potential new programs related to uh, health sciences. Uh, We are working with a consultant on that, of course, looking at what's the demand, what's the cost, what's the ROI, uh, and those are in process. We have added this year, uh, a new uh, sports team. We added women's field hockey, uh, which has turned out to be just an amazing uh, kind of experience. We have four young women here from the Netherlands uh, and uh, our our team is doing amazingly well. Right now we're in first place uh, and it's a brand new team that started in August. Uh, so we're expanding athletic opportunities, academic opportunities, and uh, also focusing on what can we do differently from a co-curricular standpoint. How,
0: how, do, you make, uh, how do you make education affordable?
1: That's a great question. <laughs> um, and uh, it's also a challenge because the cost of education is, uh, continues to go up. It really does. You know, technology costs, library database costs, uh, being able to provide a livable wage for faculty and staff. Uh, we look very carefully um, every decision that we make at Marion. The first question is, how does this best serve our students? And how can we make sure that we continue to offer and. An, offer an educational product, a degree or or a certificate um, that is affordable. And certainly internships, paid internships Mm -hmm. uh, is one of those key factors. Scholarships. Uh, We have a number of scholarships that we offer students uh, and we are continually building on raising money for new scholarships specific to, for example, More scholarships in nursing or as it relates to construction management, for example, or insurance and risk management. It's easier to do it with professional programs. Um, It is more difficult to do with, for example, teacher education. Teachers don't, student teachers don't get paid. Uh, Social workers. We have a a phenomenal social work program here at Marion. undergraduate. When they do their their internships, they don't get paid. Um, The same is true for nurses. When they're doing clinical rotations, there's no compensation for that. So it has been primarily on the professional, the other professional programs, uh, but we are exploring ways, you know, can we raise money that would help to support social work students when they're doing an internship, for example?
0: What, and how do you, how do you ensure, um, or I guess, how do you really impress upon prospective students the value, the value of education, the value of a degree, um, and also the value of faith-based education?
1: Also, good questions. <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, e- education um, provides social m- mobility. Uh, That's one of the things that we really talk about here, Um, that that students and families are making an investment in the student's future, or if it's an adult student in their own future, Um, it's an investment that will lead to likely higher income um, if uh, you compare a college graduate with a high school graduate. Um, Also better health, okay? There's some correlation between health and and education, mm-hmm. um, and also greater uh, mobility in terms of the, the kinds of things that they're gonna be able to do in the future. We're preparing students for their first job, but we're also preparing students for their second, fourth, and fifth job. Uh, and the way that we do that is really a couple of things. One, we're in an applied liberal arts institution. And what does that mean, applied liberal arts? that we have professional programs, our largest programs are Marion's professional programs like nursing, like teacher education, like criminal justice, um, like business, for example. Uh, So uh, we're providing uh, the professional components, but we're also with the applied liberal arts, teaching critical thinking, teaching effective communication skills, Teaching our students how do you participate and work with a team? How, how do you step in as a team leader? Uh, giving them some practice to be able to do those kinds of things. Uh, the effective communication, the effective problem solving. That when we talk to employers, um, that's what employers tell us they want. In fact, many of them will say, you know, we can teach them some specific skills that they will need once they get here, but we need them to come to us with the ability to problem solve, to think, to work collaboratively with others, to write well, um, to be able to speak well. And uh, so those components I think are, are really crucial. Now, as it relates to Catholic education, you know, we're, we're different from public schools Um, and that we focus on a set of core values, we focus on Catholic social teaching. One of my goals for every student who graduates from this institution is not only do they have a a major with a great academic background, um, and they have the the career ready kinds of skills, sometimes what's referred to as soft skills, uh, which I really think are power skills, Incidentally, OK, but also that they bring passion for social justice, um, that they care about what's going on in society, um, that they are willing to, uh, you know, attend to the poor, those who are less fortunate, um, uh, really that focus on social justice.
0: Now, are you uh, are you in this may be a silly question, but are you a Packers fan? of course. Okay. I I was just curious. I know that, you know, being in Wisconsin and relatively close to Green Bay, you're you're a Packers fan. Do you have a memory, a a, a Packers memory that sticks out in your mind?
1: I do. I do have a Packers memory. Uh, My parents were both big Packers fan and they actually went to the ice bowl um, many, many years ago. And I remember they were, uh, I was a young child at the time, but they were dressed up in multiple layers uh, of clothing. And for many years, of course, they talked about that after the fact, um, and how cold it was that day. And uh, uh, so that's been sort of a special memory in, in our family. The other thing is that I have a former Green Bay Packer who works with me here at Marion University. Wow. Yes, he is a, an assistant VP uh, for community relations. His name is Dr. George Kuntz, um, and he is an amazing guy. He uh, not only is a former Green Bay Packer, uh, he also wrote a book about life after the NFL. Um, it was really part of his, he, he did his dissertation on this, and he, is, he really is an amazing individual. Um, he is the guy who was the door opener for me in many, many settings. Hmm. Um, And right now, Marion is looking, we're in the the early phase of really exploring the addition of a football team. Hmm. Uh, And of course, he is incredibly valuable uh, in these conversations about is this something that we want to do at this point in our history. Marion has 27 sports. We have never had football. Uh, And we are looking at the possibility of adding football. It is the most popular sport for high school students. Um, And football brings not only uh, more students, um, which helps with the enrollment cliff that's coming, but it also affords the opportunity to add other kinds of programs like cheer, um, like a pep band, um, like dance. And uh, so we're exploring all of those opportunities right now and it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. Now, how difficult is it to to, to bring football to an institution?
1: Uh, It's a challenge. I will tell you, there are significant startup costs um, associated with football. And uh, the beauty of Marion is that we have a strong relationship with a K-12 Catholic school uh, here in Von Lac, St. Mary Springs Academy. Uh, we also have good relationships with the public schools here. And uh, so uh, the, the startup costs are pretty significant, uh, hiring coaches, hiring a head coach, offensive coaches, defensive coaches, assistant coaches, trainers, um, and all of the materials that you need really to, to start a program. So the challenges are significant, but uh, there's also the potential Uh, for rather significant ROI, uh, once you have a program up and going.
0: Well, and you you talked a little bit about uh, your K-12 partnerships and public school partnerships. Can you talk about the relationship that the institution has with local businesses and the local community? How important is that? And what type of relationships have you formed?
1: Uh, uh, It's huge. It's hugely important. Okay. Um, Marion, over its 86 years now, 87th year. One of the strengths of this institution happens to be our board of trustees. And our board of trustees is comprised of members of the congregation of St. Agnes. We are the only Agnesian university in the entire world. And the congregation is is very supportive of Marion. But our trustees many times come from um, the business community. Uh, in the Fond du Lac area. So uh, individuals who are the CEOs of major corporations in this area, as well as individuals who serve on nonprofits, I I would say we have a very close relationship, uh, uh, especially with the greater Fond du Lac community. The other thing that, that I think is important is that we also have a good relationship uh, with the other schools in the county, so we have Ripon College, which is about 18 miles from here. Um, we are working on a partnership right now with Ripon College. Uh, we have Moraine Park Technical College, uh, which is about uh, less than a mile from this campus, and we also have UW Oshkosh slash Fond du Lac, which is a two-year campus, um, and we work collaboratively together. Uh, uh, for example, we have a higher education diversity initiative task force. And so it's not just the, the business community, but it's also, uh, the other institutions in the area. Um, uh, all, you know, three schools are very close to each other, Ripon college being the outlier, but they're 18 miles away. That's not a, a significant distance at this point.
0: So, as far as Ripon College, can you talk a little bit about what's so? What's the structure of that of that partnership?
1: Yeah, that's you know, it's an exciting, exciting opportunity for us. Uh, the former president of, of Ripon College and I met had a conversation uh, a little over two years ago. And uh, unfortunately, he has since moved on. But there's a new president uh, who is equally, if not more, engaged in conversations about how can we work together to uh, really provide uh, new opportunities, better opportunities for students at both institutions. So one of the first things that we did is we got our faculty together, uh, some faculty from Marion, some faculty from Ripon uh, and talked about how might we work together what might that look like uh, And that was very productive. Uh, if you're going to work with another institution, faculty absolutely need to be on board. And I think they need to be on board from the grassroots level. Uh, so that's the first thing that we did. Um, and uh, so at this point, what we're doing is we're sharing some courses. Rip and students can come to Marion and take courses this fall. There's no transfer of funds. Um Marion students can sign up for a course at Ripon. Now, uh, we've set some parameters. One of the parameters is if a student is gonna take a course at Ripon, it has to be a course that we don't offer here at Marion um, so that we're not poaching students from each other's institutions. But so far um, as a first step, it is working quite well. We are also exploring shared services. Hmm. How can we work collaboratively uh, to share some services and save on uh, save costs? For example, uh, we both have HR departments. Uh, We are both part of the uh, Wisconsin Association of Independent Colleges and Universities, also known as WACU. Uh, Our health insurance is through WACU. so we are, we're offering the same health insurance. Do we really need a benefits person at each institution? Or could we have one benefits person um, that works with the two schools? Uh, library databases is another area. So we have been exploring those opportunities. And the third area really has to do with the potential creation of some new joint academic programs or endeavors, and we're in the early phase of that.
0: So how do you define student success?
1: <laughs> that's, that's not an easy answer, I will tell you. <laughs> you know it, it, yet Marion, we talk about uh, really the education of the whole person. It's a holistic approach. So it is focusing on certainly uh, the academic, Um, the intellectual or cognitive, also uh, emotional um, and spiritual. So by the time somebody graduates, uh, you you know, regardless of the program, I think success has to do with uh, certainly having new knowledge and new skills, but also new self-awareness, a better understanding of, the world around us, the ability to understand, uh, to look at data and make decisions and to be guided by our core values. And and one of the core values that, we have five core values, but one of them that we we really focus on is community um, and making decisions and behaving in ways uh, that really improve community Uh, whatever the definition of community is. It could be within your own neighborhood, your own church, your own place of employment, um, or it could be much larger. We want our students to uh, leave this institution with some leadership skills, but we want them to go back and help make the world a better place, even if it's on a small scale. And most of the time it is on a small scale. I mean, if they're going to solve world peace, That's wonderful. We embrace that, uh, but we're not expecting that.
0: So you talked about data and how important that is uh, as it relates to student success. Can you talk a little bit about um, how you utilize data and other measures um, to ensure persistence and continue to increase graduation rates?
1: Absolutely. so we have a very, I think, a very well-developed uh, retention plan. Retention is an issue for uh, many institutions, and I don't know of an institution that doesn't try to bump up its retention rate, um, you know, each year, and Marion is no different. So we look at, you know, what are the factors that are, that what are the barriers for students to... Uh, continue in college. Um, sometimes, uh, and, and we gather data on that. Is it is it financial? Um, is it family related? Uh, is it uh, academic? Uh, do we need more in the way of academic support? Is it does it have to do with course delivery? Face to face, online, hybrid virtual uh, looking at all those factors and in fact, trying to predict, uh, that is the next piece for us to to create a predictive model for uh, who who's gonna be successful, who do we think is gonna be successful without a lot of support and then what supports do we need to put in place? Uh, one of the things that we've noticed over the last two years in, in gathering data and, and why students, Uh, stop out or drop out, especially at the undergraduate level uh, has related to family situations and the need to go home and help support a family that maybe is struggling financially um, or sometimes it it has had to do with uh, family members with health related problems, sometimes associated with COVID, uh, but not always. So looking at what are those factors Uh, Which of those can we address? How can we provide support? Our goal for every single student is academic success. Um, Now, sometimes we also work with students, we have to work with students to uh, maybe find a different program. For example, uh, we get students who come in who say, uh, my goal is to become a physician. I want to go to medical school. And, sometimes uh, those, those expectations or those goals um, are not necessarily achievable uh, without massive effort on a student's part, um, that, it, that it's a difficult uh, reach in terms of getting to medical school. But then identifying, okay, if you, don't, if you don't get into medical school, what's your plan B and what's your plan C? and developing those ahead of time, as opposed to waiting until a student takes the NCLEX exam, or I'm sorry, the MCAT, um, and doesn't score as well as they would like, and then their dreams are dashed because uh, medical school is, is a far reach. So making sure that we start to have those conversations early on with all of our students, what's your plan B, what's your plan C, you want to go into the helping professions or you want to go into healthcare. Um, let's talk about other options so that they have those at their fingertips uh, if something doesn't work out from an academic standpoint.
0: So let's talk about your journey, if that's okay. Um, sure. And, you know, I always like to start with when we talk about that personal professional journey. Uh, who are the mentors that helped shape you and your path?
1: You know, I am so fortunate. I have had uh, a never-ending list of amazing mentors uh, over the course of my lifetime. Some of those have been teachers that I've had, uh, faculty members in, uh, you know, professors in college. Um, I think one of the really most important mentors that I've had here within the university. Um, it, there have been two and they were they are both former presidents here at Marion University. Uh, one was a Rear Admiral in the Navy uh, who was also in charge of Bethesda Naval Hospital. He was Marion's president for 10 years, Dr. Richard Weidenauer. Um, he was an amazing role model uh, he really was He was. Uh, and, and continues to be insightful. Um, he has phenomenal interpersonal skills. He's a great strategic thinker. Uh, he did many, many things to move Marion University forward. Um, and the fact that he was ten, here 10 years really gave him you know, some time to shape a number of, of initiatives. I have to also say uh, there are many many members of the congregation of sisters of St. Agnes. Uh, They are responsible for creating Marian university, and they are a group of very bright, brave, insightful women. Um, They're courageous. They put their money where their mouth is. They stand up for what they believe and uh, they are amazing role models.
0: So, uh Talk a little bit about the history. You had mentioned, you know, established in 1936. And I, I'm always, um, you know, I guess pleasantly amazed at just the resiliency of a number of faith based institutions and just, you know, the, 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 the time that they have been around, you know, I mean, 50, 75, 100 years. So can you kind of walk us through the history
1: I of can. Maryland? I can, I'd love to. So uh, Marion was created as a result of um, a, a group of young sisters, young uh, nuns, uh, who were studying to become teachers. And they were attending what was known at the time as Oshkosh Normal School. Now the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. And they were not allowed to teach, student teach in their habits. Well, that wasn't going to to cotton well. And so the sisters decided they would start their own institution. And they created the the university with a small group of women. Um, And for many years, it was a a women's college. It changed in uh, 1970 uh, when the first men were admitted. It focused on teacher education for many years. And then gradually, other programs were added to it. Um, And in the early years, many of the the classes at Marion were taught by sisters. Uh, The past presidents were members of the Congregation of St. Agnes. Um, But over the years, as the college grew, um, and it was a college until 2000, and I want to say 2007, uh, when it became a university, But over the years, it added more programs um, and uh, grew in size. Uh, In the mid-1980s, enrollment started to drop. Uh, We had a very uh, innovative president who was brought in at that time, uh, someone who actually had retired, but his specialty was uh, really working with small private Catholic institutions. His name was Dr. Ed Henry, um, and, and he was very progressive. He was one of the first to really start uh, adult education uh, for individuals coming back to school in the evening, and uh, it really was, it though that program is really one of the things that helped turn the university around. Um, now, over the years, we absorbed the St. Agnes School of Nursing, so it became part of Uh, Marion University, so teacher education and nursing, and then um, over the years adding multiple other programs such as uh, social work, such as criminal justice, um, and uh, many of our business programs. So we went from an all-women's college to a co-ed institution, um, and then we added graduate programs, and uh, we continue to have Uh, multiple programs at the master's degree level.
0: So where do you see Marion in the next 10 years?
1: I see Marion uh, surviving the enrollment cliff very, very well. Um, I don't know that that's gonna be true for all colleges, all small colleges, uh, because there are many schools that are struggling uh, from a financial standpoint. Um, and there's a lot of competition. Competition is brutal these days. You know, 30 years ago, schools stayed in their own lanes, uh, meaning, you know, they weren't recruiting necessarily across the country. It was more regional. Now everybody's recruiting everywhere, and you have massive online programs um, that also are very, very competitive and have a lot of resources in terms of marketing that small schools don't have. But I see Marion really uh, staying true to its mission um, as a Catholic private liberal arts institution. Um, What we have going for us is the fact that we are small and we're relational um, and we focus on that. Uh, Students who want to get lost in a big institution, this is not the school for them. Uh, But if they want to have a a professional relationship with their instructors, their professors. Uh, They want a fabulous co-curricular experience. Um, Half of our students are student athletes. I see us moving into the future with strong academic programs, um, with adding new sports, uh, and being a leader in this region, uh, particularly in the areas of healthcare, teacher education, and programs related to business.
0: Well, excellent. Well, Dr. Michelle Majewski, thank you so much for your time today.
1: You are welcome. It's it been was a, a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, likewise.
0: <laughs> thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.